Okay, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Uh, before I get started on this one, um, a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, I recognize that the audio quality on this isn't great. Um, and that's actually uh, kind of intentional. I considered buying a microphone and soundproofing a closet uh, before I started this because I realized how much I appreciate good audio quality, but it was keeping me from starting and uh, decided uh, to just go ahead and do it with the old headphones here. So that's uh, that's where we're at. So um, hope you don't mind it too much. Um, I'm also not going to polish uh, the podcast as much. Uh, on that intro episode, I uh, kind of upload, re-upload, and edit stuff, but it was t- taking a lot of time. So you're probably going to hear um, some more ums and, and pauses and and uh, and stuff. But I hope uh, it becomes part of the charm and not too detracting. So, all right, uh, this is going to be part one of my life story. Um, going to take you through my birth to around high school. Um, so, okay, let's get started. I was born on October 11th, 1992 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I was born about six weeks premature, actually, um, and had some pretty serious health complications at the beginning of my life. Um, my parents like to joke now that I was uh, you know, born white, uh, got whooping cough, turned blue, got jaundice, turned yellow, and then finally recovered and was back to white. Um, or pink, I guess. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's kind of funny to think back and uh, my parents talk about how stressful it was um, for them during those few months. Uh, but I have absolutely no memory of it. And I have no health complications because of it. So it might as well have happened to a different person. Um, but anyways, uh, I was born to Christy and Frank Sloan. Um, Christy, my mom, grew up in West Virginia. Uh, she moved to South Carolina where she met my dad, who was in his uh, final year of training to become an ophthalmologist and eye doctor. Um, I have a sister. She is about three and a half years older than I am. And growing up, she was uh, just the you know the golden child. Uh, Rarely in trouble, near perfect grades, every teacher's absolute favorite. Um, you know, so for me, uh, nice in a way because she would kind of pave the way for me in high school uh, and such, where she, uh, students would give me a little wee way before they realized how kind of contrarian and ornery I was. Uh, and of course, as a little brother, I had to torture her in all kind of meaningless ways. Um, but, uh, you know, great, uh, great sister to have, honestly. And she's now a doctor herself in Mississippi. Um, my childhood, you know, pretty typical, pretty stable, um, spent between two different houses in the same neighborhood, um, pretty normal stuff like preschool and, uh, you know, trips to relatives and play dates and all that stuff. I think it's important now to kind of level set and, um, acknowledge that I did grow up in a quite privileged and wealthy family. Um, you know, my dad being an eye doctor who ran his own practice with a few others, um, you know, where you always have customers because everybody will eventually need eye care um, and it ain't cheap. Um, and yeah, he was just a very generous, um, you know, loving father. It provided us with everything we needed and then some, you know, we had plenty of big house, the pool and cars and TVs and um, always had good food and, uh, you know, everything that um, we needed, we, we could, we could get. Um, and I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, before it went any further because, you know, you're, as I go through my life, you're probably going to hear like, oh, that's something that I, you know, privileged people can do or, you know, that's, and it's true. I uh, had a lot of benefits um, 
from that kind of environment. And I don't want to be one of those people that doesn't um, recognize how much of an advantage um, that is in the world. So um, yeah, uh, if it sounds like I'm a, like a rich white kid, it's because <laughs> that's how I grew up. Um, of course, all of my memories from childhood are kind of hazy by now. Um, like I said, pretty pretty classic. Uh, at age six, we moved houses, and a couple years later, a uh, family moved in across the street who had a semi-age Elliot. Um, and suffice it to say that over the next ten years or so, Elliot and I spent a lot of time together. Um, we kind of had that, uh, you know, golden era of uh, you know, walking over to each other's houses, knock on the door, and start hanging out instantly, um, which is really great to have um, growing up. And I was uh, the best man at Elliot's wedding last year, and we still keep in touch. So really nice. Um, after kindergarten, I entered the Ori County Public School System, where I was for the next 12 years. Um, I think I'll stop here to just say in retrospect, not the best schooling. Um, you know, now that I've kind of you know, I've been removed from it and, and know what is important in education and you know what some of my friends who went to like private schools in the Northeast and stuff got, um, had... Uh, was lacking in some ways. You, you know, South Carolina is a poor state and doesn't do well in a lot of education metrics. I don't think it was necessarily a, a real hindrance, um, you know, on me. Like, there's still great teachers and inspirational teachers, um, but you just had some, you know, lack of resources and, um, and I guess, priorities uh, in, in, in South Carolina at the public schools at that time. Um, definitely had the fortune of having parents who could help me out with with school and kind of supplement things. You know, my dad with a science background and my mom with an English degree, it was just, you know, could come home and get additional help and, and, and you know, schooling in a way um, that was really uh, useful. And I know a lot of, whereas a lot of students you know, um, don't, don't quite have that. So um, uh, yeah, school. <laughs> uh, like a lot of kids, I did all the classic, uh, you know, sports, little league sports, um, basketball, baseball, soccer and actually not football despite playing a ton with kids in the neighborhood i, I always kind of felt like i was getting beat and, and banged up um despite being not a small kid um and i was pretty average at everything except for soccer so um around age 10 i um told my parents that i didn't want to play anything else with soccer anymore much to my dad's initial annoyance um but uh that ended up working out pretty well as i'll get into later um you know, my parents and their never-ending mission to ensure that both of us became well-rounded people um, insisted that my sister and I play music, play instruments. Um, I initially, I, I asked to play drums, and uh, but was told, no, you got to learn a real instrument. Um, and I guess that meant learning how to read music. Um, and piano lessons are easy to get and, you know, understandably a pretty good place to start to learn music theory. Uh, man, I was an absolute brat about that. I did all the lessons in the practice, but just complained about it every chance I got. Um, eventually they relented and like, okay, enough about piano. Um, then what do you want to play? And I said drums and they said, no, you know, you got to learn everyone's instruments. Um, so we kind of compromised on guitar, which, you know, as a lot of kids that age, it seems pretty cool. Um, pretty fun. And I did play for a couple of years and got decent, um, but still had that itch to play drums, just had that kind of. Um, you know, uh, feeling in my hands uh, to kind of be more physical with the with the instruments. And um, to be fair, you know, all kids go through phases, and a drum phase when you're learning would just be pretty uh, torturous <laughs> for my family. So 
uh, I get it. But eventually, um, I think it's my third, 14th birthday. I got an electronic drum set with headphones. Um, and that was, uh, and that was that I've been playing drums ever since. Um, though not with a, a much nicer set. <laughs> um, when I was 10, 11, uh, came to our attention that, uh, there was a new travel, uh, soccer club getting started in the area and, uh, it, you know, much more kind of serious and involved in your typical rec league stuff. Uh, went to the tryouts, made the, uh, U12 team. Um, and that team was pretty bad. I think we won one game and finished like a negative, you know, 50 something goal difference. Um, but that's, uh, kicked off, no pun intended, um, a, a real, uh, lifelong obsession and, and, uh, and love for soccer. I, it just, um, I, it's something I really love. I just, I just do, uh, the creativity, athleticism, the aesthetics, the passion and history behind all of it. I just, uh, I eat it up. And in terms of just like pure attentional energy, I've probably spent more of that on soccer than just about anything else, um, over my life. So, uh, you know, it really kind of helped um, that there was increasing access to the soccer and, and stuff and the internet um, was coming on around that time. So you could really um, you know, kind of engage with the game more. Um, but yeah, I mean, all you really need to know is that uh, from like age, ages like 10 to, to 18, I was in some form of training, travel or, or otherwise uh, year round um, for soccer, actually. For one year there, um, you know, a couple guys on my team, we tried out for a team in Charleston, uh, a much better, uh, a much better league. And we made the team and for a full year, my parents drove us two and a half hours once a week to train. Um, and then even further on weekends, uh, to, to go to the tournaments uh, in Charlotte and stuff. And, um, in retrospect, just <laughs> kind of wild to me that they would commit that kind of, um, time and energy and, and money to, to us to play. Um, but uh, something I'm still very grateful for. So yeah, sucker. So middle school, uh, I got a lot of people I don't remember middle school very fondly at all. Just such a confusing and stressful time for kids, honestly. Just you know, so many changes and and uh, and pressure to feel understood and create an identity and you know be popular and uh, and smart and um, you know without you know people adults try their best, but really it's just uh, kind of mayhem for students, honestly. Um, and, uh, and it was also kind of the first time you start, life starts to get a little more serious, you know, people are talking to you about like, oh, like now your grades matter, um, you know, for college and getting into AP classes and, um, you know, now your extracurriculars, you know, not so much about uh, the fun as, you know, how they make you look um, on your applications and such and, um, and all that, uh, you know, at least high school has some like freedom and and excitement to like you kind of feel like you're becoming an adult, but in middle school, man, uh, <laughs> just uh, just the worst. Um, and you know, I had some good teachers, but really just some like really mean and, and bitter ones too. Which I guess if you had to spend all day with middle schoolers, uh, it's understandable. Uh, another big part of my life, um, you know, at, at this age was summer camp, in particular, uh, Camp Ridgecrest in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I started when I was nine years old, which felt pretty young at the time. This feels pretty young now too. Um, and the first couple summers, I, I definitely had bouts of pretty bad homesickness. Um, but after that, it actually started to reverse. I, I would get home from camp and feel like a, 
a longing to go back um, because I was just uh, enjoying it so much. Um, it was a Baptist camp. Uh, it was pretty rustic. Um, <clears throat> uh, I focused on, uh, you know, kind of individuality as well as, you know, character development and, and teamwork with your your cabin, um, going on camping trips and doing skills and competitions and such. Um, but, you know, in retrospect, I think parts of it were a little hokey and some of the worship, um, you know, focus and and stuff are over the top. But man, I, I, it's hard for me to overstate um, how much I think it benefited me at the time uh, and to this day. Um, there's just incredible value in like having two weeks, you know, not, not quite on your own. You're you know, obviously there's adults everywhere and uh, your, your cabin mates uh, to lean on. Um, but you do have to kind of figure things out. And it's an environment where things are challenging, um, you know, to socialize, to, uh, to compete, to kind of, you know, figure all this stuff out. Um, but it's also safe, you know, it's, it's two weeks. Um, people are there to support you. It's, it's a very positive, loving environment. So, um, you know, I, I think that it just helped me mature and find levels of confidence, um, that I, I didn't have otherwise. And, um, you know, just, just those two weeks is kind of a concentrated, um, like personal development for me. So I, I really can't speak high enough for some of the people, um, and such, even though I, you know, about the Baptist thing anymore, but, um, really, uh, really a big advocate for, for those kind of summer camp, uh, type of things. Um, okay. So high school, <clears throat> by the time I got to high school, I actually was kind of feeling a little bit better about myself. Um, you know, after the, uh, tumultuous middle school period where I kind of feel that intense, you know, social scrutiny for the first time. Um, I think two things helped. Um, my sister was a senior, uh, when I was a freshman, um, I knew some of her friends, and I had friends from the JV soccer team who were a little older. So I think knowing upperclassmen when you're a freshman kind of gives you some confidence and uh, makes you feel like you you already are kind of cool in a way. I was also starting to get a better picture of who my friends were and who I wanted my friends to be, um, as well as what my strengths were and what I wanted my strengths to be. So kind of you know you just as you kind of develop your identity, you kind of gain some some more like you know, confidence around that. Um, you know, unfortunately. Uh, around that time, you know, things were sort of to kind of coalesce and focus on like, I don't know how important it is to, uh, get into the best college you can get into. So, you know, it's the you know, AP classes, honors classes, getting the grades and your extracurriculars, uh, start to turn more into things like, uh, you know, the honor society and volunteer opportunities and, you know, travel, basically things to draw from, to write your college essays, at least that's what it felt like. Um, and you're doing these things, not so much about the intrinsic value, even though that's part of it. Um, it's kind of more about what these things say about you and uh, what kind of person you are than um, when you're trying to apply. I was frustrated then and um, kind of frustrated by it now too, honestly, but when you know, every adult uh, in your life is uh, kind of reemphasizing the importance of, uh, of your high school life in terms of how it's going to set you up later. It's hard not to, to go along. So I was definitely um, putting more time into homework and to music and to test prep and things like model UN or mock trial or just, you know, volunteering at soup kitchens and, and stuff um, just to kind of <laughs> uh, beef up the, the resume, so to speak. So to say, I didn't still have a lot of fun in high school. I mean, I think come, it's supposed to become like sophomore, junior year. Um, uh, you know, two two big things happened around that time that uh, kind of formed my 
my high school life. The first is I got my first car. I got a Nissan Altima. Uh, pretty fun little little car. Um, nice and safe and for a, a high school driver. Uh, and the second is that I started a metal band with Elliot and a few other friends. Uh, we called ourselves End of Story. Um, and man, that was such a fun time. I mean, I just love being in a band. Um, playing music with other people is fun in its own right, but then you kind of toss in the, the progression uh, of getting better with each other, your, your sound improving, you're making original songs and they're getting better. And then you show them to other people and you play live. And it's just like, it just is so fulfilling and exciting and, and, and fun. And I just really miss, I really miss those days um, of uh, <clears throat> drinking way too much Coca-Cola and uh, hanging out in my room um, with those guys. Uh, and actually, and I think there's kind of like a commonality um, with like, soccer music and some other hobbies I really like 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 improv um so those things are fun on their own but we add in the kind of magic of unspoken cooperation and just understanding that you go with people over time um where you can just kind of like step in and and uh and, and collaborate and and in this way it's really um something that i seek out um so uh music yes love love music um Come junior year, uh, I always started to hit a stride. I uh, was never all that popular in high school. Like, you know, not the smartest, uh, not the best looking, definitely. Not the most athletic or like, you know, creative or the things that kind of make people popular in high school. But, um, you know, I, I think I had just reached a number of different circles through, you know, my AP classes and and doing soccer and, and cross country and then being in the the kind of like, I guess like, you know, the, the metal scene. Um, I just reached a lot of different social groups and like was like confident and content with the like, kind of person I was becoming and the friends I had. So I didn't like really feel like I had to be part of the like high school rat race, I guess, um, so to speak. And uh, it was just, yeah, I mean, I feel like I had um, a lot of things uh, going on. So um, I, I look back fondly on the last couple of years um, of high school there. Uh, my best friends at the time uh, were David and Henry. Um, we named ourselves the Triforce, which is a Zelda reference, but um, we were, you know, kind of prided ourselves on being a little more intellectual and, and heady and cerebral than, than other students, um, kind of, you know, obnoxiously in retrospect uh, about it. Um, we always spoke up in class, uh, felt the need to challenge things and and debate um, and such, but really they were such good friends to have at the time because we encouraged those, you know, curiosities and um, weren't afraid to you know be nerdy and uh, debate things um, constantly. <laughs> uh, we uh, we started to kind of just do everything together, and it's really nice when you have the kind of friends where the only entertainment you need is each other. You don't have to go seek things out or spend money. And you know, we we definitely definitely did you know our share of fun things and um, and travel and such. But uh, yeah, really really appreciate and uh, and, and miss those guys. As uh, as you approach the end of high school, and you're taking the next steps, you know obviously the precedence over, you know your test scores and where you're going to apply and stuff starts to to take importance. Um, I was always pretty bad at the SAT, so unfortunately that meant extra test preps and extra attempts at the SATs. Uh, you know taking more AP classes, try to get college credit, try to look good in those apps, um, and so that you know really towards uh, the end of high school started taking uh, up more of my time. Uh, I think on the other side of things, though, I think I uh, 
you know, varsity soccer became more important. And it's kind of funny to look back now and see how seriously, uh, you know, myself and some of my teammates took it. Um, you know, it, it, at the time, those rivalry games and the playoff games just felt the most important thing, like, in your life that you're ever going to do. Um, you know, once you get a few years removed from it, it seems so small time. But I, I do really miss um, uh, the, those varsity soccer days when you would just, like, get excited for the game all week. And um, and I really try to, you know, show up for your guys and and uh, the pride in your school and your in your area. Um, I, I really like I, I miss high school sports a lot. It's like a perfect mix of serious and fun. It's it's, it's serious enough that people try and that the games have stakes, but it's, you know, it's not the end, end of the world. And you still, you know, dig around a lot with your teammates and your coaches stuff. So I wish there was something more like that in adult life where you just kind of have like beer leagues and nothing always seems to <laughs> um, seems to matter. Um, yeah, so I, you know, come senior year, it's it time to start uh, you know, take the college um, process more seriously. I've always been a pretty indecisive person. I like to collect out of info, you know, try to think deeply thing about things instead of just reacting and consider different angles. And definitely not different uh, with my college process. To give you an idea of how like seriously my parents took this, my mom took my sister and I on like 22 different campus visits between the two of us. Um, all been down the East Coast. Um, and, you know, just like really kind of uh, hand-holding us through the, the, the application process and, um, you know, give, giving us advice and, and help at every stage. Um, and since I didn't know, you know, at the time, even today, uh, what I wanted to pursue and I had all these different curiosities and things I wanted to explore, I, um, I know I wanted to go to a liberal arts school where that kind of stuff was encouraged and I could have more uh, you know, smart class sizes to get to know professors better and, you know, all that, <laughs> all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so I eventually applied to four, uh, four colleges, all pretty similar. Uh, uh, Elon, Wake Forest, Walford, and High Point. Um, and at the time, I remember thinking, I don't want to have to decide because um, this seems stressful. Maybe they'll decide for me. Maybe they'll choose, one will choose me and others won't, and then it'll be easy. I'll just, you know, have one choice. But you know, credit to my myself, I guess my parents, I guess. I got all four, and so I had a choice to make. Um, and I went to, you know, a few different, uh, like, you know, uh, accepted students days kind of things at different schools and did some more thinking and uh, landed on Wake Forest. Um, just had a much better time uh, meeting the students and meeting the other uh, faculty and stuff um, there than anywhere else and made me feel confident about my choice. Um, and after all, it was the best school I got into, and that was the whole point of your adolescence right um so that's uh that was that and that's one of the leave things for today i don't want to you know overwhelm you guys with uh, my uh not so interesting uh, life story to this point um but yeah that was kind of me and my youth um but yeah pretty you know honestly pretty great um all the places i could have been born and situations i could have ended up in uh, really a pretty healthy and uh, supportive um, uh, and, and nice environment. So um, yeah, that's that's all for for now. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thanks for for listening. If you listened this far, I know it's not. The most exciting life story anybody's ever heard, but um, 
Uh, I so appreciate you putting up with some of the imperfections like the coughing, throat clearing, ums, and lip smacking. Gotta work on that. Um, yeah, so I'll see you guys uh, next time for uh, the rest of it. All right. Thanks again. And until then.